0: Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. Uh, The diversity of the church. Uh, We are in, all, all this month, we're encouraging everybody to go back to church. Go back to church. Everybody say back to church. Amen. And so today we want to talk about the diversity of the church. Last week. We talked about the aromatics of the church, and that was amazing. Um, and uh, we, we made perfume and cologne, and it was good. Amen? I hope none of y'all tried to use y'all stuff yet. Just wait, okay? Remember, six four to six weeks, shake it every day. Keep it in the dark, cool place. All right. So instead of lifting up a particular text of focus uh, today, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to present to you some diverse characters from the first century church. Uh, And I wanna do this for the purpose of reinforcing the necessity of diversity in the church. I need you to understand this. God never intended for everybody to look, act, or be the same. Never intended that, that was never God's will. If he wanted to do that, then he wouldn't let Greeks and Jews be in the same church. There'd be a Jew church and a Greek church. But he intended for there to be diversity in the church. Now, the 17th chapter of Acts, which is where we're gonna be in today, uh, it charts a particular leg of Paul's missionary journey where the gospel is preached and many souls were added to the church. However, Luke takes the opportunity to highlight by name even and acclaim several individuals, I believe, Uh, that Luke was particular in doing so for the sake of making it clear to his reader that the church was indeed diverse, and I believe that it should still be that way. Amen? Amen. So let's look at these characters. The first character that he presents to us uh, are the leading women. The leading women. The leading women, and all the women of God said amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. The leading women. Listen to what Acts chapter 17 verse 4 says. Acts chapter 17 verse 4 says, And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul in silence, as did a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. Contrary to popular belief, women have always been called to be in leadership in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Here's the the thing. I need you to understand this right now. It's a lie from hell to keep women subjugated in the church of Jesus Christ. That has never been from the inception. This is, Acts is literally the foundation of the church. And he says that even at the beginning as Paul begins to preach, this is his first missionary journey. So as he's beginning to preach and formulate the church and formulate even as it relates to what Paul, has I mean Peter has already built. As as Paul is beginning to uh, infuse the church with leadership, he says that there are leading women. Now, this is, this is what the, we speak of, women who leveraged their position for the sake of the kingdom. Women who leveraged their position for the sake of the kingdom. Now, let me, let me, let me infuse this in here uh, because th- this is, this is going to hit my granddads and some of my peers today. Uh, these were women who had position and power before they came to the church. Yeah. Okay. These were women who were in leadership in the community. And we thank God for William Barclay, you know, that great theologian who, who, who called these women uh, first ladies or who calls them wives of prominent men. I appreciate what you're saying, Brother William, but the reality is when we study this, they had their own acclaim. They had their own thing going on. And when they came to the church, they leveraged their leadership. They leveraged their ability for the sake of the church. So when women come into the church... We do them a disservice by telling them to shut up and sit down somewhere. Because they already got authority. They already have power. They already have grace. And so what we have to do now, we have to make sure that we understand that women in leadership has always been a part of God's plan. Amen? Uh, These women uh, were in the community, they were leaders in their community in their own right. And listen to this, from the beginning until now, and continually the church thrives when the leading women follow Jesus. And so I need to talk to all you bosses in here, all you boss chicks, all you you grown women, amen? All all you women that's got got the Beyonce spirit and want to call yourself king, God bless you. I'm not queen, I'm, I'm King B. Okay, God bless you. Amen. I don't even mean, you know what it is. About. God bless you. Listen, you boss, and I, I I I I applaud your bossness. But I ask you, woman of God, you leader in the house of God, you leader in your community. Leverage your leadership to lead people to Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's what it should be, and that's what it must always be in the name of Jesus. in The name of Jesus. And let, me, let me just pull the, the, the room real quick. Do we have any boss women in here? Any, any, any leading women in here? Any women that's like, yeah, we. Y'all ain't raised your hand. I'm like, where you at? I'm like, you know, God bless you. I mean, you know, God bless you. I know TK to the raise her hand. Raise the Lord. I you. Praise the Lord. All right, we up in here. We up in here. Okay. All right. God bless you, leading women. You leading women. I know I married a boss. Y'all pray for me. My wife is a boss. Amen. And I love her too. I'm like, yes, yes ma'am. So we need, we need women in leadership, absolutely. Do we all agree with that? Yeah. Anybody, don't come fight me, okay? Don't worry about it, at me. Um, number two, number two, uh, when we, we, we see another guy named Jason. What up, Jason? Acts chapter 17, verse nine. Look at Acts chapter 17, verse nine. It says, and when they had taken money as security, From Jason and the rest, they let them go. Now, you got to read the whole thing in its entirety to get the full context. But what happens here is that when Paul and Silas go into this community, they go into this region, Jason is a wealthy and courageous man. He's a wealthy and courageous man. And when we get to this verse 9, at this point in time, they had Jason had received Paul and Silas into their house, like, Man, I, I appreciate what you're preaching, man. I, I, I need the gospel, man. Preach me the gospel, preach my family the gospel. We want to live for God. And and when the, the, the community, the Jews in the community, they got mad at them, so they went to go bum rush Jason's house. They went all the way to Jason's crib, like, Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Give us. <laughs> I don't even know, I don't know if they actually did that. They just called him a mob, okay? So they went in to try to take Paul and Silas out. Jason had one of his attendants, y'all, take them out the back. You know Jason had to be a baller because this is the first century. And they got a front door and a back door. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so Jason takes them out. But watch this. This is, this is boss right here. Not only does Jason ha- have them sent out the back way, then Jason bosses up on them is like, what's up? You know, I, he didn't say cuz, because I'm sure, I'm sure that's not what he said. But he's like, what's happening? You know and He's like, let's go. And so the Bible, the Bible says that Jason actually starts to fight off the mob. And after he gets tired of fighting, the Bible says he pulls out his wallet and like, all right, forget it. I ain't going to keep beating y'all up. Let me pay y'all and leave him alone. So he takes out his money first, and he starts paying the people, and then they leave Paul and Silas alone. And you can't make this stuff up. Sound like a scene straight out of power, right? <laughs> a courageous and wealthy man. Much is not known about Jason, but when we study the syntax, we learn that he was willing to host Paul and Silas and even take a mob up to protect them. Watch this, and if that weren't enough, he paid them off for them to leave him alone. Listen to this: the church moves forward when courageous men are willing to protect. And provide for her. for her. So we need the boss women, but we also need men that are willing to protect and provide for the church. For the church. So I, I, all you all you great men of God in here, all you strong brothers. I, I, know I had one brother come up like, you know, Bishop, man, knock somebody out for me. I was like, thank you. Thank you. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> 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 I may need that one day, so just, uh, just remember that, Amen. But not only that, we need, we need to protect the church, and maybe not just in a physical way, but in the spiritual way, serves. God has called us to protect the church. Listen, anytime the enemy tries to raise his head in our families, in our communities, in our church, it should not just be the women wailing for Jesus. Watch this. Listen, there, there are seasons, my wife can tell you this, there are seasons when my wife will go into intercession and I'll go stand at the door. It ain't funny. And and I'm not trying to be funny. I I just need the enemy to know that if you're trying to get in here, you got to pass me. She at the altar kneeling and wailing, but my eyes are peeled. And I'm not just talking about my physical eyes, my spiritual eyes. Devil, I will see you from turn Listen to me. We got to do something about this. And so we have to be the men that are protecting, not only protecting, but if God blesses us, we have to use the wealth that God has given us to provide for the church. In any church, the biggest givers ought to be the men. Why? Because God called us to do that. Not, not, not out of chauvinism, not anything. Yeah, I know these women, they, they, they give, they go give, thank you for giving. But there ought to be men at the front line saying, listen, I'm going to provide for my church. This is God's bride. This is my church, and I'm going to provide. I'm going to give. I'm going to do everything I need to do to make sure it moves forward. Kudos and and big ups to every one of you men who stand and protect and provide for the church. Can we thank God for them? Amen. Thank you, brothers. And if you not, you ain't got to stay trifling. You can rise up. And become a protector. You can rise up and become a provider. You, you do not have to stay segregated to any space in your life. You can say, God, I'm ready to get serious about you. I'm ready to get serious about your church. I'm ready to get serious about my life. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. Especially when I've, stu- I've been able to study men in the house of God. Men that, really lo- that love God for real and love God's people and do for real. I've never seen a man that, that, that really love God and do right in the house of God and do right in his giving and protect the house and provide for the house and don't do the same for his family. There is an inconsistency that can't, listen. Now, I've seen some dudes that don't do it for their family and don't do it for the church either. But there's been, there, there, there've been many times when I've seen, even when dudes were getting ready to get into marriage, And there was something we could could sign off on like, okay, yeah, because he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Ladies, I'm not telling you that that got to be the only barometer to choose a man for for your life. But if you want to see how he's going to treat you and your family, if he's saved, see what he do in his church. See where he is in his relationship with his father, his father God, and his bride. Number three. The Bereans, the Bereans, Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Listen to this. These were a group of believers who didn't just relish in the worship gatherings, or take Paul's word for face value. The scripture says that they study daily to determine the worthiness of his teaching. And to that end, they nobly apply the teaching to their lives. Listen to this principle. The church becomes stronger when people take responsibility for their spiritual development through study and application. Listen, I'm gonna talk that talk. Understand? Huh? Somebody be like, uh-uh, that ain't it. This is very much it. We have some great pastors. We got some great preachers. Shout out to all you preaching men and women. Shout out to all you leaders and, and small groups. We got some amazing people here. And, and watch this. It's only gonna get better. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gonna get better. I was I, I was picking up my kids from school, and, and the attendant was like, "Man, y'all dangerous. Y'all church is dangerous. They over there, and they over there. Wow, y'all dangerous." And I was like, "Yeah, thank you very much." But we're gonna be more dangerous when the people start doing it for themselves. This is what the Bereans did. Paul came, and you know, Paul gonna do Paul. He came, and he taught, and he did everything. And then they said, "Hey, bro, um, let's talk about what Paul was saying. Let me study this." Let's look at the Old Testament. This is what he meant? Oh, okay. Well, then let's live it then. I am responsible. We as spiritual leaders are responsible to make you aware. You are responsible to do. The the ascension gifts in, in, in the book of Ephesus, we are to equip the body for good works. I'm not responsible for your work. I'm responsible to teach you how to work. If you don't work, and when the Lord comes to test your works by fire, it's up to you to determine if it's wood, if it's hay, if it's precious stone, if it's gold, or if it's silver. That's on you. And so we have to get like these Bereans and we have to take this stuff for ourselves. We have to study and determine how does this apply to my life. I promise you, you will get 52 weeks of good teaching even if I don't do them all. You got, you got good teachers in here. You got good people that will give you the word of the Lord. Now what happens after you leave Tuesday night? What happens after you leave Sunday is up to you. Here's what caused them to be more noble. Not that, they, not that they had a greater position, but their nobility, watch this, their nobility came through their study and their application. And some of us are trying to figure out why it seemed like other folk are getting elevated beyond me. Can I help somebody quickly? It might be simply because they studying and, and doing more than you. No shade. They are are receiving more nobility, more notoriety, more more ascension simply because they have decided that this is not just going to be something that I got hype on on Sunday. It's already done. Beyond that, I got to start living like it's already done. So, if we want to see the church move forward, thank you, God, If we want to see the church become stronger, we have to take responsibility for our own spiritual development. We're going to do our best to have all type of of opportunities for you to come and be developed. We're going to make sure that we have a myriad of opportunities for you to have application happen. But you have to take responsibility for that. And that's what the Bereans did. We need people like that in the church. Amen? Number four, and I'm going to let you go. Dionysus. I know. <laughs> I love Heavenly Vision. Sounds <laughs> like somebody's rap name. <clears throat> so there's Dionysus and Demarius. Acts chapter 17 at the end, verse 34. It says these two did not have. Uh, not, no, no, that's not what the scripture says. Put it up here. <laughs> but some men joined him and believed. Listen to this, among them were Dionysus, he was an Aeropegite, because they were in Aeropegasus, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Now, here's the amazing thing. There's nothing special about about them that's listed in the Bible. It didn't say that they were prominent, it didn't say they fought nobody, it didn't say they paid off anybody, it didn't say they, they, they studied deeply, all what is said here, and you got to read up a verse when you, when you see the contrast. When you go up a verse, it says that all the people in Arrow Pegas, they they were like, hmm, this is really good. I appreciate this, Paul. This is good preaching. I'll come back and see you again next week. But these two, with a few others, they said, we're not leaving. We stand with you. We realize that now our destiny is connected to yours. Listen to this. These two did not have prominent leadership position like the women, and nor were they wealthy like Jason. However, what makes them noteworthy, the whole reason why Luke determined it necessary to mention their names, was that while everyone else was leaving Paul and Silas to return to their own ambitions, these two made the commitment, not just to the gospel, but to the gospel bearers. Here it is. The church thrives when people are committed to the Lord and to leadership. I'm finished. These two said, listen, we appreciate that. And, and, and I appreciate it so much that I'm going to abandon my selfish ambitions To recognize that if we work together, we can do something greater. Notice this. They already recognized that Paul and Silas had did the same thing. Woe to you. If you follow anybody that tells you to do something, they're not willing to do themselves. You have my full apostolic authority permission. To step away from leadership that's not willing to do what they're calling you to do. Listen to me. Those who are standing in leadership right now, those who are standing in senior leadership, they have all had to make the decision to walk away from what they wanted to do. To do what God is telling them to do. Hallelujah, somebody. We we, we don't have to have a long, drawn-out discussion about what we could be doing. But understand that we could be doing something else. Praise the Lord and thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The reality is, is that we have made a decision just like you will have to make a decision. God, I love you. I love your word. And I love the people that you sent to lead me. And so wherever they're going, we going. Now, I'm not telling you Listen to me, I'm not telling you to follow me anywhere if I'm not following Christ. But what I am asking you to do is the same thing that Paul asked the Corinthians to do. Be ye followers of me as I follow Christ. And now here's the thing, this is something that you can't prove by putting an all-in t-shirt on. You can't prove this by, by coming to an altar and say, I'm with you. You prove this when the lights go out. You prove this when the cameras go off. You prove this when it's not a day of worship. You prove this through your consistent commitment to doing what you know God has called you to do. Hallelujah, somebody. Here it is. I, be- I thoroughly believe in rank and order in the church of Jesus Christ. I say this and I, and I close. It is important that we understand that while God has created us all equal, we do not all have the same equity. Hallelujah. I want to lift this up because as we, as we, move, as we move out of here, some things are going to begin to happen. And, and, and some of us are going, to, are going to count ourselves to be in a group that we're not worthy to be in. And I'm not just talking about in heavenly vision. I'm talking about in your own life. There's going to be some things that you feel like you're entitled to, but you don't have enough equity to gain. And it's going to be because this equity is based on your investment. Don't miss what I just said. Listen to me. And I'm not just talking about dollars and cents. I'm talking about what you put in on this, man. See, folk want to take more than like, Hey! Now, I ain't got no problem being nice, but you ain't put in on this. And so, I, I, I just want to say right now, everybody got a seat in the church, but everybody's seat not going to be in the same place. Everybody got love in the church, but everybody's love is not going to be shown in the same way. You okay with that? If you're not, then you must not be okay with Jesus. Because Everybody don't get in the same place. Everybody don't get the same thing. Because while everybody want to talk about the parable where everybody got paid the same in the vineyard, there's also another parable where somebody got one, somebody got three, and somebody got five. And the one that had one because they was trifling because they was mad that they only had one, they got that one taken away. So we're going to work hard. And we're going to do everything God called us to do because we believe that God has a place for us to be. You ain't got to look at what nobody else is doing. Focus on what God called you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that I stand before diverse people. I thank you that I stand before people that are beloved and beautiful. And I pray for every one of them right now whether they be leading women, whether they be strong, courageous, wealthy men, whether they be astute men and women that are noble, or whether they be those who are dedicated and committed, whoever they are, wherever they are. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you strengthen them with all grace. to be who you've called them to be in the Church of Jesus Christ. Father I. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would grant us grace and strength for the week that is ahead of us. We are believing you that by your strength, by your grace, all things will go according to your divine will. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Did that scripture make sense? Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, Feel free to give at HVCLA.com. We love you, family.